The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulon Podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, this is me sitting at a laptop for the day, going to the gym, and it's still diabetes in my head. Diabetes, diabetes, check blood sugar, insulin. It's just, just like it can consume your mind sometimes. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Hello. How are we doing? Hope you've had a fantastic week. I hope that you listened to the previous episode. I uh, I was I was only thinking about it and I kind of got I got deep into the uh some of the emotional part of diabetes, which I don't regularly do. So uh I hope you could empathize with some of that. You know how frustrating it can be. Graham, yes. can you believe it's episode number three. I can't believe you've asked me back. I'm so happy yeah, to be here. It's a lucky day. But this time, you brought your insulin because remember last week, you didn't have your insulin or your blood checker. You left it in your car at my house. So this week, we're already one step ahead of where we were last week. And on last week's episode, you did give us a bit of a cliffhanger. You were telling us about how you were diagnosed and I wanted to know how your life had kind of changed and how your daily routine had changed. And you said you're going to let us know in this week's episode, number three, a day in the life of a diabetic, but more importantly, a day in the life of Owen Costello. So let's kick it off. Tell me how your life is different to simple old me over here who doesn't have diabetes. Do you know what, Graham? When you wake up tomorrow morning after listening to me waffle on about the detail differences in my day you better be thankful well you make me be thankful it's up to you over the next 20 okay. 25 minutes I'll, you tell me i'll conv- I'll, I'll make you be thankful so my alarm goes off roughly about 7 a.m every morning the curtains open the birds sing the sun shines in and the very 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 first thing i do is grab my blood checker the reason i do that is because I want to start my day off right. I want my blood sugar to be level. I want it to be in the right space. And I want to feel good getting out of bed. So I check my blood sugar. If it's high, I'll take insulin. If it's low, I'll eat some glucose tablets. 
you probably just get out of bed, don't you? you no, know, see, I check my Instagram to see how many likes yeah. I got <laughs> on a photo I uploaded the night before. So there we go. We're already different. I'm automatically reaching for my phone. But you're reaching for your blood checker and maybe your insulin or your glucose tablet. So there's the difference already at 7 a.m. What better way to wake yourself up in the morning than jabbing a needle into your stomach? <laughs> <laughs> so what happens then? Do we? I know for me, I'll go straight, I'll have my breakfast, and I'll just get on with my day. I won't have to worry about any blood sugars. The next thing I do is walk downstairs, pet my dog, say hello, hope she's well. What's her name? Bella. Hello, Bella, if you're listening. <laughs> and I will go to the kettle, and I will make myself a coffee. Now, while I'm making this coffee, I will have a thought in my head as to how my blood sugars are, even though I've just checked them less than 30 seconds ago. So I make a coffee, and for me, I, I try to keep my coffee intake relatively low because coffee can affect diabetics in various ways. So it can either bring your blood sugar high or bring it low, depending on each person's diabetes for me i'm more inclined to have a spike with coffee so that's why i try not to have too much so have a coffee take it upstairs open up the laptop and get to work about 20 minutes later i will check my blood sugar again to see if i've had a spike from my coffee hopefully not if i do have a spike i'll have to take another injection there we go And I'll get back to work. I'll do roughly two hours. And within those two hours, I'll have probably 15 different thoughts about diabetes. Really? Well, yeah. How my blood sugar is. Am I going to be stressed for the day? Stress brings it up. It's just constantly in your head. So when emails are coming through and you're doing a bit of work and you are getting stressed, then you're thinking, have my blood sugars gone up? Have they gone down? Do I need to check it again? And this is all in the space of you just sitting at your laptop. Yeah, so this, I've, I have, I've been awake maybe half an hour. Actually, do you know what? They say that on average, a diabetic makes 180 to 300 additional decisions every day compared to you, Graham, yeah. a normal person. Yeah. So actually what I did about two weeks ago, I did a, a day in the life of a diabetic a visual experience yep. on my Instagram. So if you haven't if you haven't seen that, take a look at it. I was almost shocked myself as to as to how many decisions I make without even knowing. But obviously, when I made a video for each, it uh, it makes it very clear. Two hours pass, and I go down to get breakfast. As I'm putting my foot down on the last step, I will think, "Hmm, how are my blood sugars right now? I hope they're level." Somebody like you, Graham, you can get in and just eat whatever you want, depending on what cravings you have, what you want to eat, what mood you're in. But for a diabetic, it's a bit different. I need to constantly be aware of the food I'm eating, what I'm putting into my body, how it's going to affect my blood sugar. Will I will it bring me high? Will it drop me low? So I always try and have a meal for breakfast that doesn't have any carbohydrate at all. So... Basically, the less carbohydrate you eat, inevitably, the less insulin you're going to require. So I'll always, for breakfast, have maybe 30 grams of almonds and then some eggs. Now, you don't just have normal eggs. I've been witness to this. I've seen it in person. I've seen it on your Instagram. You have a thing you like to call a 12-er. 
What is a 12er, Owen? A 12er is something special. <laughs> and it will set you up for the day like no other. It's basically, it's basically two whole eggs and ten egg whites. Now, that sounds outrageous. And it is outrageous. <laughs> but but it, I think I've, I've made it my own at this stage. So you eat this... Because for breakfast, you need to regulate your blood sugars. And you've found out that this is a meal that works for you. I'm thinking, would you not get bored of eating that every day? Does it not become a bit bland? It can be bland. Well, a bit of hot sauce and you're fine. Yeah. No, it can be, bl- it can be bland. Eating is a pleasure. You can't, you can't be a robot and just be eating the same stuff all the time. So, don't get me wrong. It makes life easier to eat pretty much the same stuff as a diabetic. But you can't do that. You need to enjoy what you're eating too. But I enjoy a 12er, so don't be dissing it. I, I love it. <laughs> Make me a 12er. So my 12ers and my, my 12er and my 30 grams of almonds are just about to get on my plate. And I think, where are my blood sugars? So I have to check my blood sugar again, prick the finger, get the blood. You need to be aware of if you're, you need to be aware of if you're high or you're low. Do I need to take insulin? Do I need to eat a glucose tablet? What's on my plate? That's just one of the a million thoughts we have to make. So I eat my food and I go up to the laptop. It's probably about 10, 10 a.m. right now. I do another two hours work. And again, within those two hours, I will wonder what my blood sugar is at. I will probably check it once, maybe 45 minutes after eating food to see how that food has affected my blood sugar. If I'm high, I'll have to take another injection. If I'm low, I'll have to take glucose tablets. So after those two hours, it's time for the gym. My favorite part of the day. (laughs) I love going to the gym, but it's also a nightmare for a diabetic because exercise will have various different effects on your blood sugar like so many other things do. Within the two hours leading up to the gym, I'll have to have a few thoughts of, hmm, what am I training in the gym? How long am I going to the gym for? What food have I had before the gym so I can anticipate where my blood sugars are going to go and how I can combat that before I go, basically. So if you're going to the gym and you're doing an arm session, that will have a different effect on your blood sugars than if you're doing a leg session. Is that correct? Usually, any sort of resistance training will have a pretty similar effect. Okay. So let's say, so hit training. Hit training is a big craze these days. So it's high intensity interval training and resistance training. So let's just say resistance training, like weightlifting, for for example. When you lift weights, basically, it's very stressful on your body. And stress hormones can be released like cortisol, adrenaline, glucagon. And you feel good, but your body's under stress. That's what it is. So when that happens, your liver basically releases glycogen, which is stored glucose. This glucose is then converted, or this glycogen is then converted into the glucose. And that spikes your blood sugar. So if you're weight training, your blood sugar is more often than not going to spike. And if you're doing less training, it's like low intensity, steady state. So that could be like a jog or a walk or on a step machine. That will likely bring my blood sugar down. So I need to know what type of training I'm doing before I even go to the gym. Because if I'm doing low intensity stuff, 
I need to think, hmm, I'd rather my blood sugar be higher than normal. So if it's high and I do this low intensity training, it comes back down naturally, but it doesn't come down too low where I've hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar. And then the opposite way. Yeah, it's the opposite way for weight training. Whereas, Graham, you can go to the gym, you can run around, you can do handstands, flips, (laughs) whatever you want, and that's nothing you you need to worry about. You can drink these sugary caffeinated drinks, no problem, no worries. It's uh, a little pleasure you have now to to be I'll remember it, don't you worry. You better. So you're thinking about going to the gym, you know what you're training, what's your preparation? What bag do you pack? What do you have to bring with you to the gym? So I'll obviously bring a gym bag that everybody does, but within that gym bag, I will ensure to have my insulin, my blood checker, and glucose tablets because if you have a low blood sugar in the gym it's a nightmare you feel like you're hitting the floor in about two seconds so i'll go to the gym i'll park up and probably in the car i will check my blood sugar so when i'm walking in the door i know where i'm at i go in usually work out for maybe an hour and a half i'll definitely check my blood sugar within that space of time because when you work out you're out of breath, you're sweating, you may be slightly dizzy. And these can all be symptoms of high or low blood sugars. And because you're exercising and the heart's pumping, you're, you're, you're not as sensitive to the feelings of a high or a low blood sugar. So you may be unaware that you're experiencing one. So it's very, very, very important for, for you to check your blood sugar when you're training. And when you are training, you've got no problem checking your bloods on the floor, do people look at you or have they ever said that to you before about it? No, nah, people look the odd time. I don't, I don't care. And when you leave, then is it still, the hormones running through your body, do you still have to keep an eye on it because you're just after leaving the gym? Yeah, so you can, you can still have effects from the gym an hour, two, three hours after the gym. So say I went for a 20-minute cycle, which I don't, <laughs> which I don't regularly do. <laughs> but if I go home, I will, the first thing I do when I get in the door is check my blood sugar. But as a result of that 20-minute cycle, my blood sugar could still be coming down. So I could check my blood sugar when I get in. It could be perfect. Half an hour, an hour later, it could drop. So I need to always be aware of how my blood sugar is. I, I view my blood sugar like either a graph. Now, I know you can use CGMs, which is a continuous glucose monitor now and it actually gives you a graph for your blood sugar but for people like me and many many other people you don't see it as a graph you just you check it and that's how it is at that exact moment so for you to be able to visualize in your own head that your blood sugar is a graph or like an energy bar you know that i need to top it up with food every now and then or i need to bring it back down with a walk or insulin. So what time are we at now? We're at about 2 o'clock right now. I've got home from the gym. I need food. My body is craving food. So I've checked my blood sugar. First thing I do, I'm always aware of is it going to stay where I want it to be or is it going to go high or is it going to drop? Graham, you can just get whatever food you want. You're hungry after the gym. You can dive into the shelves, whatever you want. Head first into the fridge. For me... It's a bit more complicated. 
I need to specifically decide what food I need. I need to carb count. Have you heard me mention that before? I'm aware of it, but you have never actually told me what you do to carb count. I'd have no clue. So, a typical meal for me after the gym would be asparagus, salmon, and rice. More often than not, it will be brown rice. That's a slower release in carb. It's easier to manage if you're diabetic if you eat slower releasing carbs, from my experience. What I need to do is I need to weigh out that rice. I need to determine exactly how many carbohydrates are in that bowl of rice. And then, let's say, for example, it is 60 grams carbs. I take my insulin pen, flick it to six units, jab it in, six units of insulin, and then I can eat my rice. After that, I will go back up to the laptop. I will do a few more hours work. And about, well, probably 30 minutes after the meal, I'll check my blood sugar again to see how it's affected my sugars. If it's high, again, insulin. If it's low, hopefully not. I will take glucose tablets. And you know, the most, one of the most frustrating things when you're training in the gym or you want to get yourself in shape and you're diabetic, it's basically... You could do you could do thirty minutes. You could run for thirty minutes, and you could burn all these calories, and you feel fantastic. And oh, I'm going to be lean tomorrow. I'm going to be in great shape, and all this sort of thing. And then your blood sugar drops, and you're like, oh my. So because your blood sugar's dropped, you now need to treat that low blood sugar with more calories. So for <laughs> me, it's like a sugary drink or glucose tablets. So any calories I've just burnt, just put back on because of this low blood sugar. So we're after lunch now. You've had your salmon, your asparagus, your rice. What happens then? What's next? So strangely enough, I go back up to the laptop. You know what? The point of this episode is to outline a normal day. This is a boring day for me. This is a Monday or a Tuesday. I'm sitting on my laptop. But this is just to try and emphasize how, how much diabetes interrupts your life, even just if you're sitting at a laptop. It's so much more complicated if you're out with friends or you're on a night out. This is me sitting at a laptop for the day, going to the gym, and it's still diabetes in my head. Diabetes, diabetes, check blood sugar, insulin. It's just just like it can consume your mind sometimes. So I presume you're having dinner at around 5 or 6 o'clock. For those three hours, is it just constantly checking the blood sugars again because see what effect the rice and the salmon had and then in the lead up to dinner then. So yeah, I'll, che- I'll, have, I'll have maybe 15, 20 diabetic thoughts while I'm sitting at the laptop and because of what I do, I don't, I don't really have any escape from diabetes, which is a good thing. I, I love being part of this new life yeah. that I'm involved in. So while I'm on the laptop for those few hours, it's me basically checking in with online clients who vast majority of probably 99% of are diabetic apart from my blood sugars I want to know how's your blood sugar today what food have you eaten today how's the gym how are your levels are they steady are they going up are they down are they up are they down so it's uh yeah it must be kind of comforting though when you're sitting there at your laptop worrying about your diabetes but then you're also trying to help other people out who are having the exact same thoughts as you because maybe the your initial family and friends they guess you've got diabetes but 
I, like, I go to the gym with you regularly, and I don't even, I can't even imagine how many thoughts are going through your head while we're in, in there. Yeah, it's it, diabetes can be a very isolating disease. Disease, let's say condition. Mm. Condition sounds better. It can be very isolating. It, it it can be lonely at times because it is twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. There are no breaks, and it's it's nice for friends and family to be concerned and to ask about it. But at the end of the day, you're only with those people for a certain amount of time throughout the day or your week or whatever it is they're not with you when it's at 2 a.m low blood sugar that you wake up to and you're sweating in your bed so yeah it can be isolating but it's nice to connect with these people online and especially other especially people i'm working with online who they're going through the exact same thing as me you could feel you could feel crappy one day and then i open up my laptop and some fella across the world who I'm working with has had the exact same day. So it's comforting in that way. Uh, and in terms of dinner, I presume it's going to be the same as lunch. Are you having carbs with your dinner? Having carbs with my dinner, yeah. And in general, what would an average meal be for you? You've had your, your 12er with your salmon, asparagus <laughs> and brown rice. What's your average dinner? Average dinner would be probably rice again and maybe chicken and loads of vegetables low vegetables so you have your dinner and then your evening time and you're probably winding down from your work and your diet plans and your fitness programs watching television watching netflix doing all that kind of stuff chilling with friends it's still constant yeah it's always in your head it's 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 interesting to think of even speaking about it now because I'm, I'm, i'm trying i'm trying to consciously be aware of every time that i think about it just all the time it's it's honestly all the time. You live your life based off a number on a little monitor. That's the way it is. If that number is not in the range I want, I can't do certain things because my blood sugar is low and I need to treat it, or my blood sugar is high and I need to inject insulin. My mood is going to be affected by it. What I do throughout the day is going to be affected by it. You, there is no break. Even when I'm sitting at the TV, if I, you know, like say your your vision, you, you feel slightly dizzy and your your vision might go, blur. you know, if you're just watching TV. Yep. And you're, like my initial thought is, what's my blood sugar at? Do I need to check my blood sugar? Yes, because I need to know if it's high or low. I could be walking outside and a gust of wind could blow into my eyes and my vision kind of goes blurry and I'm like is that the wind or is that my blood sugar so you every second thought is about where my blood sugar is at and that's just yeah it has to be that way it kind of sounds daunting but it's become it's become how my life is and it it probably sounds it it sounds unusual to you because these are thoughts that you never have but you do have to check your blood sugar 10 times a day and you do need to be aware of the food that you're eating and you do need to take care of your health so even now i'm speaking to you and i'm and i'm talking about my diabetes and my diabetes thoughts but i'm like i wonder what my blood sugar is right now i should probably check (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, before we let you go I want to know what's it like going to bed like what's the preparation like in sleep because then you're going to be it could be seven, eight, nine hours asleep and your blood sugars could be doing anything 
So going to bed is as important as waking up. Can you snack before bed? Because I know I'll have a nice little chocolate biscuit and a cup of tea right before I go to bed and I can doze off and have to worry about it. Can you snack? Hey, just look at you, Graham. I know. Look at you. That's what Enjoy I'm your biscuits tonight now <laughs> when you go. Yeah, I can snack. But I won't be eating chocolate biscuits before bed because, you know, a great, a great tip for you to use as a diabetic is to stop eating anything about two hours before you go to bed. And I started doing this a few years ago and it's, it's helped me hugely throughout my sleep, let's say. So if you stop eating about two hours before you go to bed, let's say, let's say I have dinner at 10 and I go to bed at 12. When I eat my food at 10, those two hours before I go to bed, will it will give my blood sugar a chance to kind of settle. I'll know if it's high and I'll know if it's low. So before I turn off my light, I'll check my blood sugar. I'll be in bed and I'll check my blood sugar. And I'll know that I hadn't eaten for two hours. So my blood sugar is kind of where it will be for the next while. So if it's high, I'll take insulin. If it's low, I'll have to take glucose tablets and then I'll know that when I'm asleep because I didn't eat two chocolate bars half an hour I'm not going to get a crazy spike so fingers crossed you don't wake up with a low blood sugar or a high blood sugar it's funny that I'm trying to I'm trying to outline the, the daily thoughts and physical actions of diabetes but even when you're asleep you don't escape diabetes. I've, I've had diabetic dreams. Where it's, so one recently I had where my blood sugar physically was dropping, but I had a dream that I was running around a supermarket, grabbing everything off a shelf, trying to eat all this sugar to bring my blood sugar back up in my dream. And then about 30 seconds later, I woke up and my blood sugar was low. There's no escape. No. Even when you're <laughs> asleep, even when you're asleep, <laughs> diabetes has a hold on you. <laughs> I do think I have got more of an inkling as to your thoughts in a daily basis. Now, when we do go to the gym, I will be more conscious of what is going through your head. I, I suppose I am a little bit more grateful that I don't have this added pressure in my life to make sure I don't die all of a sudden due to high or low bloods. Well, there you go, Graham. You can wake up tomorrow. You can have your morning coffee and enjoy the fact that you don't need to have an injection <laughs> with your morning coffee. Thank you for listening to the Insulon podcast. Make sure to subscribe so each episode goes directly to your phone. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Insulon. And if you have any question you'd like answered on the podcast, you can email it to theinsulonepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>